We ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Standby transwarp drive. Two. Roger. Ready to move out. On my mark. One. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show with Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. All right. Welcome into the Low Down Sports Show. This show is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Drew. And I'm BJ. And we're here to get the lowdown on all things basketball. My boy BJ is back in the building. You should have this on yourself. <laughs> I don't know BJ what happened there. <laughs> back in the building. Back in the building. Boop, boop, Welcome boop. back, Beej. Hope you enjoyed your vacation. It was very relaxing. I'll tell you what, getting away from the hot Texas dry air was nice until I got back and I had to get readjusted to it. So I'm still. Even now, you can still kind of tell I've been out dealing with my allergies, but I sound like I myself, and I'm happy about that. I'm ready for another episode of Lowdown, Drew. Yes, sir. We are ready to have you back, man. Uh, glad you enjoyed yourself, but we've got a lot to talk about today. A yes, lot we do. of NBA news, a lot of WNBA things going on, and of course, with it acquit it, man. And you know, yes, sir. You heard last week's episode uh, that you missed. Uh, we didn't do your BJ's best, so we uh, we held yeah. that out exclusively for you, brother. Well, I appreciate Just that. I think you. we got a pretty good, pretty good uh, bounce back uh, topic this week for BJ's best. All right, looking forward to it. Let's let's dive right into it, man. You know, we got a lot going on. Talk about the stars in the NBA, you know, some Ben Simmons talk, you know, LeBron going into year 20. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's start off with those stars and their possible, you know, landing spots for this upcoming season. And those stars, Mr. BJ, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Donovan Mitchell. You know, the buzz yeah. has been around these stars. You know, Boston has recently tried to get KD in a J- mm-hmm. uh, trade with uh, Jalen Brown included. Uh, Kyrie Irving not been as yeah. big of the buzz lately, but you still wonder, like, where he's going to go. You know, even though the buzz has kind of come to a little bit of a lull, you know, it's still, you know, a point guard and a scorer like Car- Kyrie, you know, uh, you got to be yeah. on the radar about where he's going to be going. Donovan Mitchell. You know, with the trade of Rudy Gobert, Donovan is not looking to stay out there. You know, Jazz are trying to trade uh, Mike Conley as well. So, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell could be somewhere else. Russell Westbrook, you know, that situation has never been the best, BJ. And, you know, if they're looking, if there's an out, you know, the Lakers will probably take it. But there's not too many out there. And my question to you is – which teams do you think these players, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, and Russell Westbrook, will be on at the start of the NBA season? Right now, Drew, the same team they're on currently. I don't think anybody's moving all of them. Okay. at the moment. I think they all stay. We might see some movement when we get closer to the trade deadline in, in the next season. We might see a midseason deal, but... I think if we were going to see something, we kind of know what to expect from a lot of these, you know, what what these teams are looking for in terms of getting some of these players brought in. 
And I'm not so sure that a lot of teams are wanting to pay as much as it's going to take to bring in a guy like Kevin Durant or a Donovan Mitchell or, you know, even a Kyrie slash Russell Westbrook uh, trade. So I think you're kind of just going to let the market cool back down a little, little bit. You're going to see more of, you know, that as a result. And so, you know, by teams kind of trying to lower the, the value, not necessarily lower the value, but see if they can get some of these guys for less assets than it would take to get them right now. You might be mm-hmm. able to see a deal worked out when we get to the midseason trade deadline. Who do you think is the least expensive ask of those players? Probably Russell Westbrook, honestly. I don't know. That contract's pretty. That's a tough ask yeah, to take on. It's, it's yeah, but, but I mean, so. probably the rest of them are but, looking for a bag. And yeah, because you know. Kyrie, Kyrie opted in, so that's a lot of money. I think it's even more than than Westbrook's contract. Uh, and then the trade value, the trade assets that would be required to get a KD or a Donovan Mitchell, uh, I think are far more than the money's sake that you would have to ask as well. Right. For, yeah. For like you're talking about mortgaging futures to get Kevin mm-hmm. Durant, you know, who is, yeah. you know, not got too many years of his prime left, probably a handful or yeah. so. I don't know. How old is Kevin Durant at this point? 32? Something like 32, that. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Say there. Let's just say at 32, I mean, let's say five more years of a, you know, superstar level Kevin Durant. Um, you know, that's that's still tough. Um, well, let's see. Know. He's been in the league. He's been in the league since, what, 08 or so? Yeah. And so if well, he was huh. about 19 then, it's been about 14 years. So that'd be about 32, 33 at the. Okay, he's 33. Yeah. He's going to be 34 yeah. before the season starts, actually. So, okay. okay. So you'd be trading for essentially a 34-year-old Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could still give five years to Kevin Durant probably at that, you know, you know let's just say yeah. he's an all NBA player, whether it's first, second or third team, but, you know, still makes all NBA, you know, for five more seasons. Uh, you're you're I, talking I, about I basically Kevin Durant right now would be like training for LeBron back in 2015, 16, 17 at this point. Yeah. And like, what does your future look like with the rest of your team there? Like, can you afford to mm-hmm. do that to where like you're built yeah. like a golden state, like you can afford to give up, you know, a big asset and a couple of small ones. Cause you still have, you know, you know, two or three players that are still, you know, could be your future there. Yeah. Um, you know, who like an OKC could make that, but he's not, yeah. not going to go back there. You know, OKC no. can easily have that, you know, KD, SGA, Lou Dort, it's not, that's Chet not Holmgren? a bad start. Yeah, that's no, not a bad start, not. Chet Holmgren. I mean, that makes things interesting if he goes back to yeah. OKC. But you know, I think just realistically, I, I, the package for this guy right now, because make no mistake about it, BJ, a healthy Kevin Durant, a healthy Kevin Durant, is a top three MVP candidate. He was arguably the top yes. candidate when he went down this season. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you yeah. are trading for one of the guys, the premier guys in this league. So I mean. Yeah. depending on how excessive the package gets, you know, I'm, I'm not too mad at it, depending on what team is trying to have the conversation. So like Boston, yeah, I, you know, they could go right back, but mm-hmm. then again, you know, I might be okay with it still. I mean, you get to keep at least Jalen, uh, Jason Tatum, if not a, you know, if you ship out yeah. Jalen Brunson and some other stuff, but you still got a lot of pieces. You mean Brown? Yeah. Jalen Brown. Yeah. And then you might be able to keep 
uh, a Marcus Smart, depending on whatever you, mm-hmm. else you ship away. But if you let's just say you get rid of Marcus, I mean, you still got a young Peyton Pritchard that might help you out for a little while, and you got yeah. to keep uh, Robert Williams somehow. So I mean, that's yeah. not bad. And you did to work out, and with you did bring link. in Malcolm Brogdon too. So yeah, Brogdon. So I mean, you could afford even how crazy as it sounds to lose the defensive player of the year at Jalen Brown and yeah. some other pieces. If you were able to keep Robert Williams, Jason Tatum, and you know, the newly acquired Brock and get KD, whether yeah. it mortgages the next three years for you or not, you know, it's definitely it, worth it. It, it, it blows and, that window wide open that you, yeah, you'll, you might have three years, but you'll be a contender for the title all three of those years. Right, right, and you get you get some top notch level basketball uh, from one of the premier guys, and yeah, I don't, and you've seen that he can work with other superstars too. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not going to be a power struggle with Tatum. Like you can no. make it work, and you know, Katie's just going to be the threat out there. They can get thirty a game that you have to worry about all the time, and then Tatum yeah. on the other side can probably do the same thing. So uh, big problems out there. Um, yeah. You mentioned most of these players you think are going to be staying in the same location. That means KD and mm-hmm. Kyrie are going to be teammates once again. Brooklyn. And and yes, yeah. in Brooklyn. And they will be also reuniting with good old Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons mm-hmm. not played basketball in over a year. And probably, more than likely, most likely, very likely, extremely likely, does not How have likely? a shot. <laughs> extraordinarily likely yeah. he does not have yeah. a jump shot or if he does he just doesn't want to shoot still so yeah. i mean you're coming back with that and the mental toll of you know being away from basketball the physical getting back to playing five on five against you know some top-notch yeah. players he has the size but you know that nba physicality is just different yeah so uh bj uh, what kind of expectations are realistic for Ben Simmons as he comes back? And, you know, before his injury, he was, you know, a defensive player of the year candidate in, you know, first team all defense. I would say you got to buy incredibly low for him when you came, when he comes back. Uh, you know, I mean, I obviously you like what he's shown potential wise and, and everything like that. If he's somehow got more, of confidence in his jump shot, then that's great. But does he have the skills to, you know, necessarily match the confidence? I don't know. I don't think so. And, and like you said, you know, as much as, as it's going to take for him to get back into that, you know, how, how the physicality can be of playing five on five. And especially at this, this highest level, you know, I would say that everybody should lower their expectations on Ben Simmons going into this year. It's He's not going to be back to the same level he was before the injury, before he even left Philadelphia, obviously, which just happened midseason last year. But I would say you got to probably lower – it probably be his lowest expectations since the 2018 season. I would say that would probably be about where you'd want to – you know, maybe have him to start off with and then let him prove himself. Let him prove if if he's gotten better while he's been away or not. And so if you set the bar low and he is up here, I mean, even if he's not like up here, then Mm -hmm. he's still outperforming the bar and you're actually feeling like he's, he's producing and and has gotten better and, and can be a competitive part of a team again. Do you think he's coming back with a jump shot? No. 
um okay so you know expectations really aren't high um you just kind of want to see how he eases back into it i mean Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with any player that's been out for over a year you just kind of got to see what you got to see what you're given and uh you know like we know what Kawhi is we know Kawhi's talent uh but he's been out for over a year and we gotta make sure that we yeah we gotta make sure that that he's you know getting back to himself and you know we we know what he's capable uh, he's of. He's fine. Yeah, I was gonna say we know he's capable of. So the expectations for him being out this long can be a little bit higher because he actually does have a jump shot. That's why I say yeah. Ben Simmons even lower than that. Yeah, and he's uh, got to prove with, that he's developed that shot. Right, or cares to actually shoot a basketball. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but he he will be able to you know provide size and he'll be able to probably pick up defense. Uh, you know, not shouldn't probably take too long to pick things up defensively. No. It's just, you know, once he gets used to the physicality, you know, the defense mm-hmm. will probably be fine. Cause that's, yeah. that's probably, that'll probably be his outlier there. And of course, you know, the condition, maybe a but, month or two. You know, yeah. He won't be playing five on five unless he's in shape to play it. So yeah. Um, next up in the, in the NBA side, BJ, it's, it's a guy who's been playing basketball for a really long time now. Yeah. This guy, man, hard going to believe. in, going into year 20. BJ, hard to believe we were we were uh, finishing up the second grade when LeBron James was going (laughs) into the NBA, and here we are. And nineteen years later, tough to believe. Gosh, dog, why are we? Why why'd you do that? Why'd you age us like that? Hey, hey, we're aging LeBron as well. So I mean, you look at that big grandpa beard he's got out there right now. He's (laughs) he's letting it show. He is yeah. Show, but year 20 LeBron James uh, coming in with, you know, hopefully a healthy and ready to go Anthony Davis, hopefully a healthy and ready to go Russell Westbrook because, you know, AD and LeBron are trying to keep him around. So he wants it to work. And, yeah. you know, maybe if that works out, I mean, that would totally maybe flip the narrative on Russ. And I mean, that would be ring five for LeBron. I mean, if that worked out somehow and they were able to come away with the championship. I mean, because their competition all the way up would be fierce, you know, through yeah. the West and whoever they face across in the East, whether it's the Bucks, mm-hmm. those Nets of KD and Kyrie stay, or the Heat, or you know, 76ers Celtics. if they finally yeah. burst through, or the Celtics to come back. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a lot in front of him to get a fifth championship, and yeah. uh, I mean, time is running out to get one. And this will probably be one of the harder years to get one, but I just want to see mm-hmm. like where are your expectations on LeBron and he, and is he still you know the number one option to lead the lead the Lakers to a championship or should it be an Anthony Davis? I think he is the number one option, but that being said, I don't think he's going to lead them to a title this year. When you look across the landscape of how stacked the Western Conference is going to be, Drew, I mean. You know, if they, they the three of them are able to stay healthy and competing at the level we know are, you know, they're capable of, Drew, they can certainly make it back to the playoffs. So their biggest problem this year outside of just the turmoil and everything was just how many games those three guys all missed. And they never really got to play and develop that chemistry together because as soon as they one would come back from injury, then another one would get injured or something like that. So, you know, I think even going into year 20, LeBron is still one of the best players in this game when he can stay healthy. And if he can do that, they can be a playoff team. Do I see them emerging out of the gauntlet that's going to be the 
the Western Conference this year? I don't, but I wouldn't put it past them if, if they find, you know, the health and that they would need to get through that. You know, they they certainly would not be a team to, you know, to bet against. Yeah, and it definitely is going to depend on, you know, what all is around him and and how it all works together. Mm-hmm. Um it's a it's a very interesting crop out there. I'm I'm still you know interested to see what the final pieces will be. You know they added Alani Walker uh, and mm-hmm. players like that, but you know no yeah. real. It's not really what LeBron is cu- accustomed to, uh, nor a Russell Westbrook really. So it's a weird yeah. r- weird kind of build here. And I don't do you, who do you build around um, to get a championship right now? LeBron James and Russell Westbrook probably um, for the future. Yeah. Anthony Davis I would say probably, mm-hmm. but just makes things all the more complicated i'm glad it's not yeah. my job glad yeah. it's not my job but i'm expecting lebron james to be all nba once again yeah. um i don't know if you know he's uh, and he's oh and by the way um buddy is gonna be the nba scoring leader uh during this season at some point during the season or at the end of during the, season, the season is the question. Some point okay. during the season. I mean, if he stays on, you know, his average, I don't remember what it was, like uh, 24 or 25 something a game, he's going to reach it at some point. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's he, either way, he's, he's creeping up on it. But we're going yeah. to see it before he is done. You know, whether that's, mm-hmm. you know, this year late in the season, you know, start of 2023 or, mm-hmm. you know, the very beginning of next year. I'd prefer it be this year just because I don't want to wait again. I don't want to wait another year for him to get like a hundred points. I'd be like, oh my gosh, are you for real? A hundred? But yeah. no, if he knew he was that close, he would he'd probably like turn it up and go crazy for a bunch of games just to make it make yeah. sure it happened in this season. Um, because golly, it would just a hundred or less, or even two hundred or less, is like we might could have got that done if we didn't have those seventeen point games, buddy. You should have had thirty five yeah. on these boys. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. looking forward to uh, watching LeBron James once again and uh, seeing how those Lakers do that mess that is the Lakers uh, in LA. But yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is time what, what for something that you not have not had, if I can talk in two weeks. <laughs> And that is BJ's best. Woo. All right. All right. All right. Calm down over there. Calm down. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Simmer down. Okay. That's okay. It's all right. It's okay. I know. I know. We, we got the, the fans that are screaming in the gallery over there. So. Uh, oh, my God. BJ. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Drew. I went and was looking around the off the beaded path today because I didn't really find anything newsworthy that I thought was worthy of inclusion. It's a tough uh, day. Yeah. In, in, yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough, tough time of the year with, with uh, everything. And, and so I, I thought, well, I could use this to talk about my vacation. And I was like, nobody wants to hear me talk about my vacation. <laughs> so I won't, I, I spared everybody from, from five or so minutes of that. Is there a spoiler alert coming? No, there's no spoiler coming. We're free. I I found a list because Drew today list. Oh, okay. Today, Drew, July twenty seventh, as of recording on a Wednesday. Okay. Okay. Is National Chicken Finger Day. Oh, you got the national day? Dang it. Yep. <laughs> I, did, yep. I do not have this one, actually. Yeah. I, well, we talked about French fries just a couple of weeks ago when I was last yep. here. 
And yep. it turns out today is chicken finger day. So get your, get <laughs> your chicken tendies. Three times that we have done this, there has been a national <laughs> something day. Well, it just so happens that I was in a hungry mood. And, and you know, me being on this diet and everything like that, I've tried to cut back on some of the things. So I I was like, you know, we talked we talk about, you know, chicken nuggies before in the past. But this is specifically chicken tendies. So this is a list of the 15 best chicken tenders from fast food places, right? Oh, All right. Man. So let's go. <laughs> we're going to go through, we're going to go through and, and we're going to talk about man, uh, how we that. feel about this. Okay. I'm disappointed in myself. That should have been mine today, <laughs> but I'm glad you found it. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, Drew. Number 15 uh, is Burger King. Get plenty of options at BK for chicken. If you want chicken fries, chicken nuggies, chicken tendies, two-piece and four-piece uh if you like their chicken it's not bad but i think you can find better chicken tender options so i think so is that King... oh tenders you said yeah tenders yeah chicken uh, tendies. i've never had the burger king tenders i don't think i I've haven't either chicken. i've only had the nuggets so mm-hmm. i can't i can't testify I, i've any. had their chicken fries okay so. yeah i've had those too all right number 14 i've never heard of this place because mm. it's uh Looks like they're ranking fried chicken here. It's uh, oh. called Jolly Bee. Nope, never this heard is of a, it. Yeah, this is a list from Thrillist. So this is a fast ah, food Thrillist. staple, according to this, is a fast food staple of the Philippines and is growing statewide. Uh, you'll notice most of the menu is comprised of chicken joy, everything you want in fried chicken, but you're reviewing they reviewed the chicken dippers aka tenders for the on the menu for this so i don't know if it's here in texas but it is apparently stateside and much more popular in the philippines jolly is number 14 number 13 on the list sonic drive-in a lot of options drink wise (sighs) but chicken tenders coming in at number 13 I don't know about all that. That's for the most part, they've usually been disappointing, but I never see. I got the popcorn chicken more, but yeah, I got, I, they used to have a chicken strip, uh, chicken strip sandwich and the Mm -hmm. chicken strip. I mean, it was so hit or miss and I don't like hit or miss, but eh, tenders from Sonic. eh. So it says if if you are going to go with a dip, uh, get the honey mustard. Uh, no, throw it away. Get ranch <laughs> or gravy. Uh, it says the, the it says the best. It's it's what they recommend. That's their best. Uh, so. Bad uh, bad choice. Bad choice. Bad recommendation. All right. So number thirteen, Sonic. Number twelve is Carl's Jr. And they say because the seasoning is better. It's oh. just pepper essentially, but the seasoning on the chicken is. Slightly better than Sonic. All right, so I gotta try Carl's Jr. Now it's got the fries mm-hmm. in on the list, and now the chicken tenders. So I need to go go yeah. get a chicken strip basket from Carl's With Jr. Fries. and Hardee's. Or yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. We got one. I think we got one here in in my hometown. So you want to travel and do one of these shows in person or something like that? We'll do. Okay. It. We'll, we'll go over the Carl's place. We'll. We'll go for we'll go get the Carl's Jr. and and do the Carl's Jr. show. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We'll eat it. We'll taste test it live on stream on this stream. Make a big old munch of that burger. Like yeah, I'm dipping right, in my fries and ranch. 
Number 11 is Jack in the Box. Good, solid crunch. Uh, many talk about the nostalgic memories of chicken McNuggets. So it says the their fingers almost taste how the chicken McNuggets taste at Jack in the Box. I just don't understand how the tenders made a top 15 list, but the fries didn't make a top 25. I I know. It's that's, ridiculous. That's Especially their curly fries. I might have to question whoever runs this website. I'm like, I liked it a little bit, but you guys are getting <laughs> disrespectful and weird with your jack-in-the-box takes, and I just can't accept exactly. it. I can't accept it. I can't either. Number 10, a name very familiar for a chicken, KFC. But they say there's no reason that fast food burger spots should make better chicken than the restaurant with the word Ooh. chicken in the name. Ooh, that's a good point. I mean, but at there, this point... It says, it says the chicken is shockingly bland at KFC. I don't eat KFC personally. I don't um, either. Not that much. And it's not uh, the chicken nuggets or tenders. Oh, no. And these chicken places have gone up. So I haven't been going to places like yeah. Chicken Express and things like that, which I'm sure Chicken yeah. Express is on this list somewhere. Uh, uh, they might be. They might Cam, be. Cam, the lowdown coming at you live from the Carl's <laughs> Juniors. I love the the stuff. I love when he does that. It's hilarious. Heck yeah. All right, Drew. Number nine is Dairy Queen. That's chicken that's good. finger. Yeah, chicken fingers there coming out uh, of the fryer hotter than Hades, apparently. Chicken tenders thing. crispy, not at all greasy. Sounds or tastes like a Correct. premium offering. Correct. It's that's a good that's a good spot for DQ. Yeah. Very consistent, I'd say. And then you yes. get to dunk it in some gravy, get some toast oh, yeah. alongside it. I mean, it's just a nice little combo. I want it's some delicious. now. I do too. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Drew. Number eight is Mickey D's McDonald's. Mickey D's? Yeah. I think I've says, had the tenders, yo. I don't know. The don't no so. buttermilk flavors are to be found anywhere on McDonald's as tenders. However, the batter is above average, wonderful, slightly spicy crunch. Without any sort of gristle, in cases chicken you can actually bite into half easily. Is it real? It's a real chicken. Real chicken. Real chicken. Okay. All right. Well, I never Another... gave those a try. Uh, huh. I might have. If they're above Dairy Queens, then that's gotta be good. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I I've had McDonald's grilled chicken in the past. I'm, I don't think I've had their chicken fingers so i gotta find out when national nugget day is because i've had so many more nuggets than i've had tenders at this point like it's like so half of these that we've listed off like no i haven't had that but i've had the nuggets <laughs> <laughs> yeah in fact i can do that for you real quick here drew oh nuggets. Uh, <laughs> let's see we so national chicken nuggets, national chicken nugget day is in november drew november the 13th <gasps> 13th where are we gonna fall yeah. on a I, I have know. no idea. I gotta figure it out. I'll figure it out. We'll we'll have to find out. We might have to record that episode a little bit. Uh, that'll be a Sunday, actually. So it might have to be something uh. we do looking ahead. All right, back to the list at number seven, Drew. We talked about them being on the list, the other list, a couple weeks ago for the French fries. But oh, Arby's man. comes in here. Oh my God! Stop this madness! <laughs> this is not a good place. No, I know. I just God. says Arby's uh, Arby's fr- tenders remind eaters of ordering them at bars. Apparently, the tenders have barely changed 
still salty, batter still thick and sometimes hard, and the meat still pills away in strings like a real chicken tender should. So it says they set the bar, they didn't move it. They set the Wow. Next thing you know, Arby's is gonna be making top five sandwich lists, and I'm gonna <laughs> riot. I'm we're gonna, gonna we're gonna we're gonna have down. to throw some hands if that happens. Jeez, Mm-mm. making a top list on everything you have, like you are not elite like that. Come on. No. <laughs> I like Cam's Come answer. On. He says he thinks that Arby's somehow had some thinks money to pay off the list. This is true. This is a thing that happened because this makes no sense. Arby's, man, they're getting over complimented right now and i just this is ridiculous moving on all right number six drew is church's chicken it says basically popeyes but not nearly as well seasoned that's fair so that's fair you need gravy with that yeah we don't have a churches around i think there's one where i'm at yeah, I was gonna say there's not one here, but uh, we'll talk off one. we'll talk off camera about where yeah. I think the closest one is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> number five. You don't see a whole lot of these around anymore, but I can understand a top five inclusion for Long John Silvers. They make a okay. Yeah, okay. they're at number five. Well, I mean, they're still is... tied in with Taco Bell, so I mean, yeah, we got one of them, so I could try that out. Chicken yeah, it says it's fair it. to wonder how a fast food chain specializing in seafood ended up with some of the best chicken tenders in the country, but it did, and we're betting most people didn't even know they served chicken. Yeah, so, I mean, they definitely try not to advertise most of it. I don't see anywhere, yeah. but nobody but yeah, I, like nobody really goes to Long John Silver's anymore, and like like you yeah. said, there's not many around. Yeah, I can confirm like, from what I remember of, of LJS. Their chicken tenders definitely deserve to be up here in the top five. I, I never really had them much. Just like All right, Drew. Number four, Chick-fil-A comes in. That's this just is, a this, I mean, chicken. This, yeah. That's what you do. This is, this is something that sounds like it would have come straight from you, Drew. It says, Chick-fil-A has oh. always been pretty overrated, but when it comes to all the less than spectacular tenders that other companies are serving up. There's no question. Chick-fil-A builds songs during the top. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, Very pretty fair. well, pretty well said. Uh, even in overhype in the chat already. Look at that. Cam <laughs> Chick-fil-A overhype. Right. Oh, right. Already, man. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. All right. We're going to go ahead and go a little bit quicker. Here's number three. It's Culver's the platonic yeah, ideal of a chicken finger, all your chicken or all food here is cooked to order, and you can tell first bite is crispy and delicious and good on you if you don't immediately inhale the rest in another five seconds. I am I'm sad when like you know we get in the top five and I like I've never been to these places. Like dang, it's like that's probably some bus and chicken, and it's like nowhere near. We've got we've got a Culver's here. You come out this way. Oh, way. you do? I'll, okay. I'll Say you yes. So we're going to Carl's right. Juniors and Culver's. So we're yeah. <laughs> We're gonna be everywhere. We're we're gonna get the Carl's Jr. for for the first uh, half of the show, and then we'll smove over to to Culver's for for our dessert and our other chicken for the second half of the show. The lowdown (laughs) on the move. All right, Drew. And then here are two names at two and one that you probably expected. Number two is Popeyes. 
Uh, yeah. It is. Uh, it says impressive for its chicken. Not only is it chicken impressive for fast food, it's impressive for chicken. It's that was true before the arrival of the game changer in the chicken sandwich. The Cajun flavors benefit the flaky oh. batter in a big way, and the chicken itself was full of flavor. Truly reminds you of soul food restaurant in the best possible way. Well, I will say that so, that sandwich is overrated. I'm gonna say that, but the chicken in general, yeah, excelente. I, chick, chicken is delicious, but man, I'm telling you what, you need your full drink full before you start biting in one of the biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Yeah, you could die. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, Drew. Number one. You, any guesses for number one before I list it off? Man, since Popeyes isn't one, I'm I'm not sure if I want to guess here. I'll probably miss something obvious. Take let's a free guess for, at it. Let's just go for Chicken Express that I mentioned earlier. Not Chicken Express, but the Good, number one crazy. Number one chicken finger in the fast food game, according to this list, is indeed Raising Canes. Oh, word word to all you haters out there talking smack about my Raisin Cane's chicken. Raisin Cane started in Louisiana with the intent of giving the finger to Nuggets. It succeeded in a huge way, almost 500 locations nationwide. And while it lags behind Popeye's in a number of restaurants, the chain has managed to do the unthinkable, make a better chicken finger than Popeye's. So... Get out, Ken. Raising Cane's, Get number out. one, and they do have some really good food. I don't know why it's overhyped. I, I think it's beautiful. Toast. I think it's, I think it's great toast, great fries, great chicken. Great chicken, even even the sauce is good. I'm the only one in my family that even oh, that really perfect. likes the sauce. But I'm like, I'm like, that's fine. I'll take your sauce. It's don't throw bussin'. it out. Mm-hmm. It is bussin'. And so they how, even how have pretty consistent about this sweet list? tea. Well. Yeah. There's some aspects I'm not pleased with, like Arby's. Mm-hmm. You know, never happy about Arby's being there. Yeah, uh, those places I haven't had yet that are like 45 minutes up the road need to mm-hmm. have them. Carl's Jr. and what was the other one? Culver's. Uh, he Culver's. There you go. Yeah, need to have those. Um, I can't believe that McDonald's was above Dairy Queen, so I've got to try those now. At some point, you know, maybe yeah. my once a year McDonald's run. Um. Let's see. What else do I have about this list? Popeyes probably should have beat out Cane's because Popeyes has variety. They have spicy chicken, too, and it's actually better than the regular chicken. Mm-hmm. So I think it should have taken number one. If Ra- Does yeah. Raising Cane's have spicy? Have spicy or is it like... I don't think so, spicy no. If it is. Um, I think it's just so, regular... Just imagine if they had spicy chicken at Raising Cane's. That's a Cane, anybody at Cane's, if you're it'd watching be, this it, right now, I want my check. <laughs> I want my check. But yeah, uh, Cam, the coleslaw is not why you go to Raising Cane's. You, nobody you, wants you Substitute the slaw out and and get you another toast or another fr- some more fries, another chicken finger, extra Real sauce. Real people get extra just toast. Sub- Yes, that's that's what I do. Real ones, that's right. Uh, that's all my grievances with the list. That's not bad though. It's good. It's interesting. That's I'm a pretty good list. Pretty good list. Yeah. And that is BJ's best for this week, Drew. KFC's got to think about it up. going some, getting some, 
chicken fingers after the show's over tonight. Dude, I want I want a Dairy Queen basket now, but I don't want to drive it. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't think DQ delivers in DoorDash. And I'm not about to pay those fees. I was I was uh, about to say go get check the DoorDash app here after this segment. <laughs> man, no, I ain't even I ain't even finna miss with that. I, I'd rather you guys <laughs> out there listening get on DraftKings Sportsbook though, and check out everything you've got with the offers at DraftKings, especially all of this summer while they're still available uh, with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You know, if you're listening right now, you love you some basketball. Uh, you can fuel that fandom and feel the heat of the season. You don't want to feel this Texas heat. Oh my Oof. Lord. Yeah. <sighs> like never before. Plus on DraftKings Sportsbook right now, they're giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. You heard me right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. If it doesn't win, you get another shot at it to cash in. That's right, Drew. Talking about all the major action for baseball, golf, still some tennis going on this summer, MMA. Heck, I mean, talk about the WNBA playoffs here in just a moment. You got a great uh, couple weeks still here before the end of the WNBA season. So get your W bets in, win you some money. Try to get a same-game parlay even. You've got all kinds of options with DraftKings. You've got those same-game parlays, spread picks, money lines, over-unders, prop bets. It just feels endless. So best of all, DraftKings, safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Drew. Before we talk WNBA playoffs, it's been a couple weeks since I got to ask you, and I'm really interested to see what your answer is here tonight. What's on Drew's mind? Well, BJ, often a lot. But today in particular, and just before we get into this, I just want to let the people know, spoiler alert, spoilers are on the Mm -hmm. way. If you are a watcher of the show, Better Call Saul. If you are not caught up all the way through season six, episode 10, I need you to mute this part at least. For now, and we'll 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 put in the description when to come back in and keep listening. Yeah, we'll fix that. Spoilers at this mark. Spoilers ending at this mark. So, but yeah, we're talking Better Call Saul's recent episode that came out on Monday. So plug mm-hmm. those ears if you have not seen <laughs> it, because we are talking nippy, BJ. That is what's on Drew's mind today. Mm-hmm. Nippy. And more specifically, Gene Takovic. Yes. Gene Takovic. And BJ, you can partake in this What's on Drew's Mind this week because this is a a, this is a joint this is a joint thing right here for us. Joint discussion. Seen it? Yes. Joint discussion for us. So what uh what is uh what what I'm going to talk about here today? I'm not going to, you know, just rip into the episode, but I am going to talk about, you know, a little bit about the timeline and some of the things that were revealed in the okay. episode. Um, yeah, cuz so, I've got some questions too, but I I did I did pick up on some of when this episode is supposed to be. 
Right. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm gonna come in for you here, okay. BJ. Um, coming from this denofgeek.com, better call Saul. Okay. How Nebraska, how Nebraska football clarifies the gene timeline. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yep. in Better Call Saul season six, episode ten, titled Nippy, uh, both the artists formerly known as Saul Goodman, now Gene Takovic, and the show paid the requisite attention to detail to pull off a scheme and in the process reveal something major about the timeline. And yeah, you know, a lot of people have been curious about when this stuff has been going down, but it's really kind of been pinned down here. So mm-hmm. uh Show creators haven't been shy about, you know, tossing, you know, dates about uh, stuff to kind of give fans a better vision of when things are taking place. Um, But, you know, it really kind of comes into vision here after the episode of Nippy on Monday, Mm -hmm. BJ. Um, The area in the salt timeline that is needed uh, some filling in is the black and white flash forwards that we call the Gene Takovic era. Thanks to the events, uh, in the final season of Breaking Bad, we know that Saul Goodman, Bob Odenkirk, who's who's going to be racking up the the awards, by the way, yeah, uh, enters into hiding in uh, uh, Omaha, Nebraska, as the Cinnabon manager Gene Takovic in late mm. March or early April of 2010. Then, yeah. through six seasons of Better Call Saul, we see glimpses of Saul's life undercover as Gene. Uh, I posted a GIF on my Twitter uh, with Gene Takovic from the, it was actually on Monday uh, after the episode. So uh, we just, and back to this, we just haven't known precisely when these events have been taking place until now. BJ. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right. To undertake an indigenous, I'm not even going to try and do that word again. I just messed up. Even though I indigenous. Don't know yes, I know. Thank you. The delicious taste of Cinnabon goes a long way in gaining Frank's trust uh, Frank, played by Jim O'Hare, uh, to better engage with this new mark, Gene has to participate in another sophisticated Omaha ritual, talking college football. Uh, Omaha, Nebraska, BJ, as you know, does not have any major sports teams to speak of. You know, they nope. really, and they, they really don't need any, apparently. Yeah. Uh, as evidenced in Gene's Kansas City Royals lunchbox, Kansas mm-hmm. City, the hometown of Kim Wexler. Uh, yep. Just a brisk three-hour drive south. More importantly, Nebraska is a college football-loving state, BJ. Mm-hmm. The University yeah. of Nebraska and its beloved Cornhuskers football program resides in Lincoln, just an hour away from Omaha. And they Frank died by the Cornhuskers. Right. And Frank, that big security guard in the episode, loves to talk about those Cornhuskers. And it's through yeah. Frank and Gene's dialogue that we are able to get a precise date for the events of Nippy in this episode titled Nippy because, yeah. you know, Gene Takovic starts off the episode pretending he's lost his cat named Nippy. Okay. I thought it was a dog. Oh, was it? I thought it was a cat. Oh, yeah, it whatever. was a dog. His, his dog. When he's, yeah, when he's, starting, when he's starting to Carol Burnett, right? Yeah. Yeah. Biggest clues that Frank offers up in the Gene timeline. So stay with me. Better call Saul fans. Mm-hmm. Are the names of Nebraska's current head coach and quarterback. According to Frank, the controversial Bo Pelini, you know me, I go at him when things are bad, but when he does something good, I'm all about it. What Frank says in the in the episode is Nebraska's head coach currently, which puts the possible time frame from 07 to 14, uh, though uh, 
we better know this to be after the 2010 side because of the events of Breaking Bad. Uh, even more helpful is that Frank mentions Martinez is uh, Nebraska's QB. And there's apparently two players, two completely unrelated QBs, in the past couple of decades mm-hmm. named Martinez that played at Nebraska. Adrian Martinez played from 2018 to 2021. And so he's not the guy, but the real Martinez is Taylor Martinez, who started all four of his eligible years at Nebraska from 2010 through 2013, uh, our high school years, BJ. While that doesn't narrow the time frame down that much, Gene, Mr. Takovic, specifically mentions that Martinez just broke a freshman yardage record for the team. Uh, A little confused because, you know, apparently the yardage was wrong that he says. Maybe they think he's referring to the team's yardage output. Anyway, whether the details are wrong or whatever, uh, they know the events of Nippy, or we now know the events of Nippy take place during Martinez's freshman year. Mm-hmm. So BJ, um, is that kind of did you pick up on that in the show? Because I actually, you know, sometimes you know I catch the secondary stuff, what was going on in the back and the camera, you know, the dude yeah. Jack and the stuff in the store. So I didn't pick up on the whole conversation um, so, as it was going and pick up on those clues. So as a fan of the show and you know addict of certain TV shows, I research mm-hmm. after, watch videos after, read articles after. Yeah. So that's when I got to this. Um, yeah. Um, so what uh, did you pick up on that during the show? I actually, I actually did. Um, I actually know when it like, well, yeah, I can even narrow it down more so than that drew because okay. talking about the, like the Texas game that they lost, they were mm-hmm. coming off. Like that's early in the episode. You can narrow it down to late October, 2010, like the week of like October 24th Ooh. or so, because that was the week right after they lost to Texas and before they were about to play Oklahoma State, you also hear in the episode uh, the security guard Frank asks Gene if they are if he thinks that the Cornhuskers really are going to end up moving to the Big Ten as opposed yeah. to move staying in the Big Twelve. They talked mm-hmm. about he talked about well, on one hand you got Oklahoma and Texas, and on the other you got Ohio State and Michigan. What we know now, obviously, that they were in fact going. And in real life, they had already announced that they were going. But it is reasonable to think that, you know, Nebraska fans could could still talk about, well, do you think that they're going to, you know, change their minds and stay in the Big 12 at this point? Or were they that, you know, dead set on going to the Big 10? Right. Uh, BJ, you're right on it, man. You're right on track here. Yeah. Uh, continuing on here, uh, it's therefore reasonable to assume that the first scene with Frank – takes place on October 17th or 18th. We also know that Gene's schemes last through at least, when, BJ? October 24th. Yeah. Uh, that means that all of Gene's scenes through the entirety of Better Call Saul have taken place over no longer than a six-month span from April 2010 through October 2010. Yeah. We don't pre- we and, don't know precisely where Nip- Nippy leaves off in the Gene uh, timeline, yeah. but we know that we're very close to an important event. Apparently, there there uh, is in- talk there is talk as well of the Oklahoma State game, which was coming up that next week, and then there's mm-hmm. talk later in the episode. I think even during the scheme as it's going down about how about that big win or whatever 
So it could have been talking about the Oklahoma State game the following week, and we could be looking at another couple days after that as well. Uh, right. So it, it it was a big big time win for a Nebraska team that was ultimately destined to go on and and win the Big Twelve North that year. Uh, in Better Call Saul season four, BJ episode five, quite a ride. The show mm-hmm. opens with the rare midseason flash forward. In it, Francesca helps Saul clean out. Or Francesca, sorry, helps Saul mm-hmm. clean out their office and shred documents as everything figuratively comes crashing down. Before he leaves to become Gene Takovic, Saul asks Francesca to be at a nearby telephone booth at 3 p.m. on November 12, 2010. Mm. Thanks to Frank's steadfast college football fandom, it's clear that we're we are less than a month, or perhaps only days away, from a very important Better Call Saul event. Yeah, that's that's big. I didn't remember that. I, it's been a while since since I've watched that season of, of Better Call Saul. We've got three episodes left, Drew, in the run of Better Call Saul, and it was so cool to see a whole episode done in Flash Forward. I love what they yes, did with the, the title screen and how it just kind of just stops, if you will. Yeah. And it just it like the whole episode was really great. I I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, they thought, well, after last week, skipping ahead to the point in the timeline where he's he's fully become Saul Goodman, that meant that this week we were going to see Walt and Jesse. And so a lot of people were disappointed with that. You know, I wasn't. I thought it was fantastic to keep going and tell the story with Gene. In fact, Drew, and I, this may be the most controversial I get on the show. Mm. I think it would be better if we don't see Walt and Jesse on better Call really Saul. yes okay. and I, it would it it kind of wouldn't surprise me if they did a big old fake out this whole time and you don't see him because to say that we need to see walton jesse is to undo everything that we saw in breaking bad we've seen the breaking bad timeline of saul goodman with walton jesse we don't need to see them pop up again because that would almost kind of undo what we already established in breaking bad i don't want to see another episode of how walt and jesse met saul we've already seen that so unless and if we're talking about gene you know walt's dead and you know jesse's up in alaska at this point we don't need to see them in the in the flash forward so i don't i that's just me i don't think we should see them again this is a story about slipping jimmy at the end of the day and to bring back walt and jesse just for you know, viewership or whatever just feels like a cheap trick almost. I'm interested to see like what we see from, you know, when, the, whenever they pop in, but uh, mm-hmm. something in this latest episode, BJ was given away by Mr. Gene Takovic. And it was a lot of information uh, regarding the plot of breaking fat. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. going to share that with everybody right now. Okay. Like I said, spoiler alert. That's yep. crazy, PJ. Yep. That's yeah, it is. It is some crazy stuff indeed. And I mean, I I, I very was appreciative of that line because, you know, that's mm-hmm. firsthand knowledge. Right, man. And boy, when when this dude or it's not up there anymore. When that dude you you saw the little guy in there. When mm-hmm. he would when he had bust when he had slipped and busted his butt in there, I was like I, 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 I didn't think, know what was gonna happen. I think my my jaw dropped. I was like, oh, 
whoa. I was like, like oh, he knocked out. I'm like, oh. Like, I, I didn't know if he was going to get up. I really did not no, know if for he was going to get yeah. up. Because that, he came at that pretty hard, and he fell really hard. Oh, I, yeah. I thought he was going to be like, you know. they. Were I thought gonna, he was dead. Yeah, he, I could, he, he probably was going to be found or something. Because, like, so many times, like, you see scenes like that in TV shows, like, somebody take a slip and fall and bust their head, and nobody gets it. up. They're dead. They're yeah. dead. Or they break their neck yeah. or something because of the fall. Like, that's what I was, that's what I thought was happening right there. And, like, I don't know how the stall was going to work. I didn't know what was going to happen if that was actually the case. So, like, I was yeah. just like, ah. But, uh, you, can't, but yeah. you can't tell me that wasn't the most stressful two minutes we of this show we've had in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah definitely you you over there heart pumping like oh what's about to happen because dude was he was like literally second or like a a brief turn like he was like i don't even know how to describe it sorry 85 to 90 percent <laughs> turned around to look at the cameras again and like twice yeah. and got pulled back so <laughs> both of those times i was like because ah! ah! <laughs> he wasn't up yet <laughs> yeah he was out like he didn't move an inch, and then all of a sudden, out he like a light, man. And then just gets mm. up like, oh, wait, I was just taking a nap. Okay, that is the end of the spoilers. But that is, uh, that was what was on Drew's mind today. Um, you know, better call Saul. You knew it was coming at some point. Sorry, I had to hit you with the spoilers, but you know, Gene Takovic. That episode was just, it's beautiful. They got three episodes left. I really think yeah. they're gonna bring it home, and if they bring it home, man. That's gonna that's gonna be really fighting Game of Thrones for me. We're we're gonna we're gonna have to when we start season three, we might have to do a whole episode segment uh, about just the Better Call Saul finale because I think that'll be around the time that same week when we start season three. Up. Yeah, I mean you can do that in in your BJ's best, and then I'll slide in with my uh, House of the Dragon that will have probably just happened. There, and I'll there be you like, go. Ah! <laughs> So you got you, you got one show that's just about to start, and I got one show that's just about to end, just in time for, well, it's my for football show too, season. That that's true. That's true. I got one's gonna end and then begin. Oh, and then yeah. as soon as um, as soon as House of the Dragon is over, the final season of Walking Dead comes out. Oh, you got you got, you got TV shows stacked. I got to figure out something to watch. Maybe I will give that uh, Game of Thrones a watch, like you told um, me to. Maybe, <laughs> dude. My mom has already watched it all. What in like two months? You're slacking. I've been telling you for almost two guy. years on this. Podcast. I'm a busy guy, man. You think my mom's not busy? Okay, okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> she can make time for it, but BJ's just like, screw that. I don't want to do Game of but Thrones. Do you, you want me to? You want me to watch WNBA games, or do you want me to watch House of Dragons, Game of Thrones? You don't watch either of them. <laughs> I'm gonna send House of Cards. <laughs> I don't want to. Nobody wants to watch that. Nobody wants. To Not watch anymore. That anymore. I, I've I've already Not watched anymore. that. That's in the past. Not anymore. That's in All the right. past. Moving on now. Talking some WNBA. BJ, you weren't here last week when Mark and I were hashing mm-hmm. it out, so that the people know how Mark feels about the playoff yeah. race here at the bottom. They know how I feel about it, but they don't know where you stand. So yeah, I'm gonna go through this with you. This WNBA playoff race we got here. It looks a little bit different from last week, but it's still mm-hmm. mostly the same bunch fighting for the same stuff at the bottom of the pack here with yeah. a little bit of different personnel, which some mm-hmm. situations we'll get to here in a minute. But the yeah. bottom of the pile is really what we're looking at here uh, between about six teams here, BJ. 
um, with Mark, we ran through we ran through our tiers. So we mm -hmm. can go ahead and do that as well. Uh, started with the yeah. top five. We did the top five tier first, yeah. and then we worked our way through the bottom of what we're thinking here. So this yeah. is just you on this one. So let's right. get it going. Uh, Washington Mystics, BJ, locked in at the five seed, taking on the Dallas Wings on Thursday. 17-11 record. Um, EDD was supposed to be a full go for the rest of the season, but they are sitting her for the game against the Wings. Um, are the Mystics a real sneaky title threat still, especially if EDD can actually finish out the rest of the season, play all those games, and be good to go for the playoffs? I think so, yeah. I think that they are, and I think what they've been doing is actually smart with EDD, trying to make sure that they don't overdo her, you know, her number, her minutes here in the regular season, try to keep her healthy for that playoff push. That's especially when they really will need her, her contributions. And they've managed to weather the storm very well to be in a position only four games back of Chicago at this point, you know, right. and not having EDD every day. That's, that's remarkable that they are, you know, only a game behind Seattle, only two back of Connecticut and three of, of Vegas. And we've yeah. talked about how good those teams are and they feel like they're in a, and, you know, in a tier separate, from Washington, but Washington's not that far out. And if ADD does indeed keep playing, you know, they've got eight games left. If she's going to play, you know, in at least six of the last seven, I, I'll say that they could, they could be at even higher than five when, when all is said and done. Yeah. They really have a lot of potential on this team and uh, EDD, you know, being at her best is exactly what they need. Yes. Hopefully, I kind of hope they pull it all the way through, get a championship or something. I had them as a uh, a preseason pick. They were they had good odds. Uh, yeah. I think it was plus 1400 coming into the season and that was just been been a beautiful pick so far Very that good. Yeah. They, they could still be a, a sneaky problem in these playoffs. Uh, BJ yeah. next up, number 4 seed Seattle Storm. Uh, sitting at 18 and 10, just one game ahead of the Mystics. They uh, added Tina Charles, as you know, and recently, BJ, mm -hmm. she's been starting for them, and they haven't been using as much as Magmagor. Some people feel some type of way about that a little bit because it was the best starting lineup in the WNBA, but she, Tina Charles hasn't played bad. I mean, she's been getting buckets, yeah. actually, since they started her the past couple of games, and it's kind of working out. Uh, do you see uh, Seattle being able to get a championship in Sue Bird's final season with this squad? I mean, it certainly is possible. Anytime you've got Brianna Stewart, it's, you know, they're a team that's going to be a tough out, regardless of, you know, I mean, the Aces have been so far clearing away the best team in the West, but Seattle's not that far behind. And, if they've had if they had Stewie all season long, Drew, they probably would be up there in that second spot and be the best team in the Western Conference. As it is, Drew, right now, even having you know having had Stewie miss time, they're only two games out behind Vegas, and you know they could have flipped a couple of those results around very easily. So, mm -hmm. I I mean I don't know if there's really any team that wants to go through Seattle in order to win a title, but feels like they're going to have to i think vegas and seattle right now are probably the two most likely to end up matched up for a chance to go to the w finals but 
anybody that wants to get through either one of those teams, I think is going to have to go through both of them. Next up, Connecticut Sun, 19 and 9. BJ got the best front court in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Just one game ahead of Seattle, two games ahead of the Mystics. Can Connecticut make their way finally back to the finals? Their last trip against, I believe, um, oh goodness, who did they play that year? Uh, Seattle, I think, and fell short on their last trip. But you now, BJ, is it kind of a blow? Is it you know championship or bust with this team? You know they've they've been the same kind of unit for a while. You know last year was thought to be the best version of themselves mm-hmm. uh, at the time, at least. And you know they were you know all but championship bound, it seemed, until you know the playoffs came. But uh, what do you make of this con- Connecticut Sun team? And do they have enough to finally win a championship and bring it to Connecticut? They're still a very good team, Drew. I just Something about this team this year, Drew, has not screened contender for the title. I think they're going to come mm. close, but I don't know if they get past Chicago. I, I really am hard-pressed to see anybody coming out of the East other than Chicago right now. And I know that's an easy thing to say, but, I mean, we're all we're already, you know, here we are with about eight games or so left for everybody here in, in the season. You know, they've – proven themselves to be this good all year long and mm-hmm. why should anybody pick against them right now and that's not talking about the sky um i mean it's it's gonna be tough connecticut's got talent that they could do it i just don't see it happening connecticut currently on a three-game winning streak and winners of seven of the last 10 games uh playing yeah. some good basketball in the home stretch right now um, next up, right now is uh, Chicago. Well, I don't know. We'll talk about this team up next. Sitting at number two in standings, Las Vegas Aces, uh, recent uh, winners of the Commissioner's Cup, which we'll get to shortly, mm-hmm. and uh, the second team to lock in a playoff spot for uh, this year. Sitting at twenty and eight, three games ahead of Washington, two ahead of Seattle, one ahead of Connecticut. Um, are the Aces finally built to win it all? I think so. When you talk about what we saw from the Aces all year long, and even just the other night against the the Sky when they went in and, and won the Commissioner's Cup, it was just the con- contributions they're getting from all over. If it's one player that's not having as, as good a night, like if Asia's off for whatever reason – Chelsea Gray steps up or Kelsey Plum steps up. This is a good team. They had a lot of all-stars for a reason, Drew. This is a very good team that's built up. They're finally able to have that kind of freedom that they didn't have in years past under Becky Hammond, who's letting them just play the kind of basketball they want to play. And, I mean, I think that if we get the this Vegas-Seattle, you know, conference final matchup, it's going to be insane. And, you know, I mean, it's it's tough for me to pick against Vegas. I've been on on them and, and high on them all year long, Drew. So it's you know, it's just going to be a fascinating watch for the rest of the year to to see, and, and especially when we get to playoff time. Reminder: in the WNBA, they don't do it by conferences when it comes to the playoffs. That's true. Just, just the top eight yeah. in the the it would be yeah. just the uh, semifinals, no conferences. Yeah. So they but, would probably uh, have to go through a Connecticut potentially right yeah, now. Who, who if knows the, if the seating is matched up? Yeah. 
Yeah. And the number one seed in this top tier and in the whole WNBA, the Chicago Sky, recent uh, unfortunate losers of the Commissioner's Cup Championship, put 21-7 and seven in the WNBA, already vastly more wins than they had last season. They might almost um, – they could potentially get double-digit more wins than last season uh, if they keep it up. But 21-7 and seven at the top of the WNBA, the first team to clinch a playoff spot, and 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, are the Sky running it back? BJ. It's certainly possible, Drew. I mean, it's mm, they've they've been they've been what's up? They're not committed to that, huh? I'm not committed to it. I mean, mm. it's I I like I think I like Vegas's talent and Seattle's talent a little bit better, but Chicago I think is going to end up being there. I think that as you mentioned, with it being you know just one v one one through eight and whoever the top two remaining are as opposed to doing it by conference. You know, it's it's very possible that Chicago could come very close but match up with the Seattle in the semis and lose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that's a very realistic possibility we could see the way that this bracket is, is kind of shaping up now. Obviously, we still got a couple weeks. There's still th- a lot of things that can change from from game to game. But, you know, it's I, I'm not going to pick Chicago to run it back but I think they've got a really good chance to get there. That's fair. It hasn't happened many times, and I believe no, it's it been hasn't. somewhere. If anybody's going to do it, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be this guy, though. Yeah, they are tooled to be able to do it for sure. All right, bottom tier time, BJ, and it's a lot more tied together. These teams are pretty yeah. close. I mean, it's still pretty close at the top as well. But as far as you know, the yeah. spots left. There's six teams, three spots. Starting and three, it's like six games separate the or three games separate the six from eleven. Right. right. And let's start from the middle and go to the bottom. Right now, tied okay. at six, leading the pack because of the series, uh, winning the series. Sparks twelve and fifteen on season. Sparks hosting a bit of drama and we can go ahead and merge the Liz news within this. Yeah. So with everything that's going on, BJ, uh, with the sparks, you know, trying to make a playoff push here, uh, NECA playing out of her mind and, you know, all the grievances that come with Liz and that divorce, Mm -hmm. um, are the sparks going to be able to make the playoffs this year or will they slip out of the fold because of the drama within the organization? Oh man, this is a this is tough because you know, talent wise, they still can. I'm looking ahead at their schedule. They've got some still very winnable games yeah. that they need to take care of business in if they want to be in the playoffs. A couple of back to backs with the Liberty. They've got the Lynx again, you know, and the Lynx have been playing better as of late. Um, and then they've got a matchup with the Dream here. This is all in the next week or so um, as we go forward. You know, they go three and one in that stretch. They're going to be in the playoffs, Drew. I feel like mm-hmm. that is a, a very good, you know, record to to try to get with four games to go, uh, winning at least three of those. I think they'll be in the playoffs. Um, I think even with with all the the turmoil that they've had with, you know, with Cambage and, and everything like that, 
if, if NECA keeps balling out as she has been, Drew, then then they can still be in the playoffs. But they are not favored right now in their upcoming matchup with the Mercury. So could be interesting to watch. Definitely. And this team uh, has got to learn to win on the road if they want to make uh, – I don't know if it's going to keep them out of the playoffs or anything, but they're 5-8 and eight mm-hmm. on the road and just 500 at home. So things got to change up. And same thing with this next team tied with them at six Dallas wings, same record here. Uh, got their things flipped though. They're five and eight at home as opposed to on the road. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's uh, kind of a disappointing thing for them not to be able to garnish their wins at home. But you know, this Dallas team has a lot of issues within, but you know, I want to ask you BJ and I, I don't know if you saw this news from me today, but um, you know, Satu won't be playing in the game against Washington, and a walk is doubtful. Since Satu won't be playing in this game, she now won't be eligible to play 20 games this season. And I say won't be eligible because, I mean, mm-hmm. if she, even if she starts playing the next game, she'll only finish with 19 games played this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she hasn't had 20 or more games played in a WNBA season. Um, but if she plays yeah. here in the next couple and she can get six more in, it'll be more than she's played in the WNBA uh, her entire yeah. career. And, you know, I just bring that up in regards to, you know, when do the wings start to worry? But my question for you, BJ, is mm-hmm. can this team that has been consistent ever since its inception and is still con- inconsistent today, can they – figure things out enough to string enough wins to keep them in playoff position and, uh, you know, possibly have their first, at least one home playoff game for the first time in team history. I'd love to say yes. I mean, I really would drew it's, it's just going to be how much to do, how much contribution do they get from set to, as you said, you know, the schedule Washington's going to be a tough team. They're getting them at home. As you mentioned, they have not, had the best track record at home in the past. They got to go to Atlanta. That's, I mean, another playoff kind of bubble type game there. They've got a game uh, against the sky. That's a week from two. Well, that's actually coming up this coming Tuesday and they have not beaten the sky. They were written a couple of times. They were close and then they get the aces. This is not necessarily in in this next week, Drew. This is not a, a schedule design to allow them to get to the playoffs, I'm I'm not so sure they're going to to get there. I'm hoping I'm yeah. wrong, but the way that they've been playing this year, as inconsistent as they've been, it's not something that I would put a whole lot of stock in. Unfortunate. Yeah, and I mean they gotta they gotta face the Liberty a couple of times to finish the season. Who they're trying mm-hmm. to scrape for a playoff spot as well, so they'll be feisty. Yeah, um, and uh, the only real easy, you know, you could probably chalk up as a win is the Indiana game. I think they play them one more time. Uh, I think so, so too. It's it's not an easy road. They're gonna have to really, you yeah. know, flip the switch and like become that team they claim they were becoming, you know, uh, a little bit earlier yeah. in the season. Um, but they start uh, off if they can get a win against Washington, get a win against Atlanta, and beat either Chicago or the Vegas Aces, they're gonna be in. But I don't see yeah. that happening. If they can't beat Washington without EDD at this point, then I'm not I'm not sure what to say about the score. Yeah. But no, next up, number eight, Atlanta Dream BJ. They've kind of fallen out of kilter, but they're still within mm-hmm. you know the meat of everything. They're in the playoffs technically right now. Mm-hmm. They started today, twelve and sixteen. Yep. They're actually tied for it right now, but they have the advantage over Phoenix. 
Yeah. Um, Atlanta Dream, not a team you expected to be in the playoffs, you know, might miss it again. And, you know, arguably have a coach of the year candidate and an all-star out there in Atlanta. Does mm-hmm. this team have what it takes to make the playoffs in a year they weren't expected to? They do, but I'm not sure. I mean, it's just – I mean, looking ahead, they've got two, two winnable games. They've got the Lynx at home and the Wings at home. And then in August, a game against the Fever, a game against the Sparks, another game against the Lynx, this time on the road, and then the Aces and a couple of Liberty matchups. You know, they could they could win all those games except for their last three, and I don't know if that's still going to be enough. That might be enough. If they win every game but three – that would put them right smack dab at 500, right? And at, uh, or actually, no, that would put them at 17 and 19, would it not? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, that could be enough, but I mean, it's, it's I don't know. It depends on how they do in those last three games, I think is what it's going to come down to. I would say right now, if I had to say whether one way or the other, I think Atlanta get, does get in as that eight seed. Okay. Next up, the team that's tied with them but doesn't have the advantage and would not be in the playoffs mm-hmm. right now, Phoenix Mercury. a One of those drama-filled seasons for this squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an unfortunate part with, you know, Brittany Griner's situation still ongoing. Hashtag free BG. Um, Phoenix Mercury being scrappy, though. Skylar Diggins-Smith playing at an MVP level mm-hmm. this season and keeping the yeah. team afloat. Giving them an eight and five home record right now, BJ. The road is a lot more rough that we don't want to talk about. Yeah. But eight and five at home, still impressive for a team that's down there in ninth and was really counted out a month ago today. Um, do you think Skylar Diggins yeah. Smith has what it takes to put this team on her back and bring it into the playoffs? Yes, I think she does. I'm not sure if they're going to do it because the New York Liberty are still on their schedule, and I I think I'd value what Sabrina is going to do a little bit more. I'm looking ahead. They've got the Sparks who are kind of having all kinds of issues. The Liberty, as mentioned, they've got to go to Connecticut, and we talked about how their road record is. They've got two matchups at Connecticut still. They host the Liberty again. And then they've got the Lynx, the Wings, and the Sky all at home. That's tough. That's going to be tough for Phoenix to to get enough wins in that stretch to make it to the playoffs. I'm, I think Skylar Diggins-Smiths could ball out, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to get enough wins to pass Atlanta or Dallas. They'll have at least a chance at, at Dallas to gain a game on them. But How many road know. games in those last eight? All right, hold on. Let's see. They've got, uh, they've got one – Two, three, let's see, three. Yeah, so they got three. Three road games, and those road games are against two? One at the Liberty, two at the Sun. And then they get another home game against the Liberty, and then three straight home games with the Lynx, the Wings, and the Sky. So they're losing two out of three of those road games, more than likely. At least, against the Sun. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. could lose them all because they're awful on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually they're the second worst team in the WNBA on the road, so they could very well lose all three. Yeah, um, that would put them in twelve. And oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough road. So if they'd have to yeah. really kind of win all of those 
home games to keep yeah. themselves in the thick of it. And but I don't a lot know of these if they do. Yeah, a lot of these teams will be playing each other over the next week, so a lot will be decided by the time yeah. we talk again. Mr. BJ, next up, yes. though, in the 10th seed, fighting for their life, the New York Liberty, 10-17 and 17 right now, a uh, game and a half behind uh, the Mercury, and still fighting somehow. Yeah. Um, got a, uh, a six-player of the year candidate, Han Shu, who's been a revelation for the team this year. Um, but do these do these New York Liberty have what it takes to make the playoffs at this point, BJ, or is, or is it too little too late in New York? I don't think it's too little too late for New York here, Drew. Okay. I mean, you, you talk about they're right now they're a game and a half out of a, a spot at eight. They've got, for whatever reason, Drew, they have had Chicago's number all season long. They should be mm. 2-0 against them right now. They're, they've split one. They've split them both. But they are coming off a win at home against the Sky, uh, and they got to go to Chicago where they played really close uh, here. I believe this is on – it's going to be Friday, I believe, uh, this mm-hmm. game going to take place. Then they get to host the Mercury, one of the worst teams, as you said, on the road. They get two games at home with the Sparks, who are kind of going through a little bit of turmoil. They go They're to the, the Mercury. Road. Yeah. if you They go to the Mercury – They've got to go to the Wings twice at home, which, as we talked about, the Wings have struggled that at home. That could be favorable. And then, yeah, and then they're at the Dream, and then they host the Dream their last two games. Mm. I think I think it's more than likely, Drew, that New York finds a way to sneak themselves in. They'll climb from 10, maybe even up to highest to number 7. I think they yeah. could go all the way up to number 7. I think this is a very favorable uh, draw for New York, even if they don't get the Chicago game. I still think they have a very good chance of going, you know, five and three, six and two here, and that would be enough for a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, they definitely sound like they have a favorable schedule, especially you know, just road yeah. games versus home games in those situations. Uh, you know, ideal. Yeah. You know, catch catching the sparks on the road, the wings at home, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, those disadvantages there, and the mercury on the road. So. That could favor yeah. Liberty. We'll see. And last but not least, sorry, Indiana, we're not talking about you. Number 11. <laughs> They're already eliminated. The, yeah, the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, 10 and 19, somehow still uh, fighting right Only now. Only three back. But, Only three back. But they are, but they're three back because they've lost three games in a row. Um, things yeah. are kind of teetering right now, it seems, as they had a good little hot spell there. Uh, they were winners of five of their uh, last seven before that three-game losing streak. Um, so Minnesota Lynx going to have to turn it right back up and yeah. uh, make some relevance if they want to make the playoffs. But, BJ, my question to you, do you think this team can make the playoffs? I don't. I don't. I mean, it's it was tough. That That's a tough stretch there you're talking about, Myst- at the Mystics and then hosting the Sun twice. I, I can't imagine there's a whole lot of teams, Drew, in this WNBA unless you're a Chicago or a Vegas or maybe even Seattle that can go through that three-game stretch and not, you know, lose all three of those games. Uh, Minnesota's got to go to Atlanta, who's ahead of them and is going to be favored. They're at the Sparks, who are in a little bit of a disarray, but, I mean, it's still going to be a tough game. They've got to go to Seattle. That's not favorable. They've got another game at home against the Dream. They go to Phoenix. They host Seattle, and then they're at the Sun to close it out. I just don't see them picking up enough wins uh, versus what everybody else in front of them is going to do to 
get into the playoff race. I think it's going to be a little too little too late for Minnesota. And so Cheryl not going to get to go to the playoffs in her, in her last season. You mean Syl? That's sorry, Syl. <laughs> yeah. Cheryl not going to take Syl to the playoffs in her yes. last season. Yeah. They'd yeah. have to t- literally turn it around and probably get a th- three-game win streak to reasonably be considered to still be in it. Um, yeah. So it's it's looking rough for Minnesota. It's going to be rough. Okay. So your final three into the playoffs are New York, mm-hmm. Atlanta, and whom again? The third one? Sparks? New York. Uh, eh. Or was it? Phoenix? Yeah, I think it's I think it's it's the Sparks, New York, and Atlanta. Although I'm hoping that it's Dallas, that New York. Uh, I'll go in order, L.A., New York, Atlanta. Okay. And okay. I'm hoping I... that I'm wrong about Dallas, and I'm hoping that it's like Dallas, New York, Atlanta, or something like that, but I'm, yeah. I don't know. I just don't. Would, would be great for sure. Yeah. Um, Next up, BJ, we didn't talk a whole lot about it, so we'll, I mean, just want to get your thoughts on it. Um, Liz and the divorce uh, situation mm-hmm. between her and the L.A. Sparks. Um, I've, I've seen a little bit more um, news, but I've heard some things as well. There's, there's been a lot, you know, in my ear lately about what's mm-hmm. been going on with uh, or uh, some of the things that were uh, the reasoning behind her departure. Um, apparently, there was conflict from. I mean, Chris Haynes writes here from uh, yesterday uh, said had conflict from the jersey number choice to film sessions, on-court gripes, uh, sources mm. tell Chris Haynes of Yahoo. Um, this is a uh, this is the technically the fifth divorce contract of the year, but the mm. second major one. Yeah. The first one being Tina Charles and the Mercury, second now Liz and the Sparks. But you know, just an interesting thing to me, VJ, that back in February, February – uh, or the end of February, I should say, Liz was saying that she's finally where she's always wanted to be. And now, before season's end, she has departed from L.A. And with, you know, from word around some, you know, WNBA reporters who cover the Sparks, um, is that Fred Williams was surprised by uh, the departure and, uh, you know, just wasn't expecting it in mm-hmm. – you know, some people kind of weren't, but it's just, just interesting. I just want to see where you stand on the Liz situation. You know, her, her jump and not being able to uh, kind of land and stay with the team. Uh, been, you know, gone from Dallas to Vegas to LA, and now have left LA all in uh, three to four years. Yeah. Or four years, I should say, four to yeah. five. And uh, you know, just um, what do you make of it all? I, I just, I don't know. I mean, we, we talked about it in, in the off season that, you know, she had ties out there and it sounded like she finally was going to go to a situation that she was happy with. And, you know, now it just didn't work out even less than a year into it. It's just, I don't know if it's just something with, with her that, that she hasn't figured out or, or whatnot, or if each situation has just not been exactly what she was promised when she signed there. But I mean, you're, I don't want to blame the player, but it is the common denominator in this, you know, at this point that she has been the one that's been moving around. And we've talked about, you know, her, some of the gripes off the court and everything like that. It's just, it's just rough, you know, because you want to see her succeed. You want to see her 
in a spot that she's happy and thriving and succeeding, but is she going to allow herself to get into that opportunity is the question that I wonder about. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just, you don't know what to make of it sometimes. And, no. um, I don't, I can't recall, you know, every, everything she said over the past few years, but you know, it just seems like, you know, there's more going on with Liz than, you know, yeah. meets the eye. Cause it just doesn't make sense. You know, you know, everything that she's been going through and, uh, you know, just to leave like that. And, you know, there's been talk about, you know, the team's body language. You know, there was an interview, uh, one of her last interviews with the Sparks, um, you know, teammates beside her. And just some body language issues from them. Not You would be able to tell if you saw the video. Um, yeah. His teammates kind of not really feeling the vibe or maybe not, mm-hmm. you know, believing what she's saying in the conference or something like that. But, yeah. um just a weird vibe and a weird rift and you know it's 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 evident you know when liz wasn't with vegas so the one year she wasn't playing vegas went to the finals um you know now that she's left vegas vegas is so good is a top team started out nine and oh have a really good chance to make the finals again um and the sparks were never really able to kind of put it together out there and it's just i don't i don't know um yeah Derek fisher apparently originally uh wasn't really with the i idea bringing liz on um but that's that's a that's this is a whole interesting situation but i i think liz you can you can say at this point that liz is done with basketball probably um i don't i don't see any teams taking a chance on her and and uh, i believe quote me on this believe there were, you know, just reports of saying that LA was the only team that would take a chance on Liz going into this season. And now I think that list is down. Maybe. I mean, obviously to zero, if that, if that is a true statement. Yeah. So, I mean, if LA was the only yeah. one taking a chance, you know, she's leaving now. I mean, who, who's going to take one now? And she's not with the Opals sure. now. She's had to leave because of that dramatic situation that went down with, you know, the verbiage she supposedly said. So I think yeah, basketball I and Liz Cambay are thing... done. Yeah. I was going to say the only other option I see if if she goes overseas and just plays over there. Yeah, and, and the Sparks said in, in the divorce, they said, quote, it is with support that we share Liz Cambage's decision to terminate her contract with the organization. Sparks managing partner Eric Holloman said in a statement, we want what's best for Liz and have agreed to part ways amicably. The Sparks yeah. remain excited about our core group and are focused on our run towards a 2022 playoff berth. Yeah. But um yeah. yeah. Interesting situation with the with the Liz thing. Um yeah. so but, hope that uh, she gets to do something that she enjoys even if it's not basketball. Yeah, and I also saw reports that you know it's you know for another venture or something, but I mean there's been so much. Who knows at this point? Yeah. We'll only know why Liz did what Liz did when Liz tells us. If she ever tells us, yeah. If she tells us, but she likes to air some things out, so she might clear the air, or she'll yeah. just go silent. We'll we'll get one of those two things. She'll either clear the air or go silent, probably. Yeah. Um. Lastly, on the WNBA side, BJ just talking about the Commissioners Cup, second annual Commissioners mm-hmm. Cup went down just yesterday on Tuesday, as we record on a Wednesday. Las Vegas Aces defeated the Chicago Sky and won the second annual WNBA Commissioner's Cup. Uh, Chelsea Gray was named the game's MVP after posting 19 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds. 
great, the sole Vegas starter not to be named an all-star and play in the game in Chicago mm-hmm. earlier this month. Instead, in, experienced her own special moment at Wintrust this week yeah. and was embraced by her teammates upon being revealed as MVP. Unfortunately, I did not get to see this game, and you know, a, a fair amount of people can probably say that. I wonder if it's on playback on League Pass or not. I'll check. But, it should um, be. Cool. I'm going to watch it then. Um, but, you know, it started off crazy, BJ. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know if you, you saw some of that stuff, but it was a 27-7 start for the yeah. Aces. It was very reminiscent of their game in Vegas, Drew, and then Please. the one that the Sky ended up coming back and winning. The Aces were able to, you know, maintain and withstand every Chicago run, it felt like, uh, as opposed to the first time that the teams played. so And, and uh, Kelsey Plum led all scores with 24 points. She had 12 points in the first quarter and hit four threes. Yeah. She was making it rain, a big part of the reason she, they took off. She, like almost, she almost had as many points as Chicago in that first quarter. She had 12, mm-hmm. you said, and, and this guy had 14. It was 33-14 aces after one. Yeah. That was it was crazy, but uh, the big part uh, of this is uh, the money that comes along with this. Each player on the mm-hmm. Aces was awarded thirty thousand dollars, with Chelsea Gray taking home an extra five thousand for being named the MVP. Each Sky player got ten thousand dollars apiece. Coinbase, the presenting sponsor of the Commissioner's Cup, is also awarding an additional cryptocurrency bonus of five thousand dollars for each player in the championship game. Uh, and here's the kicker, the biggest part. The cup also featured 165,000 donated to charities across all 12 franchise markets. Awesome. So that is the big cool part of the Commissioner's Cup. Uh, and the other yeah. cool part, and it is also very big, is that trophy. Yeah, the trophy's nice. It's huge. Certainly made it. Certainly made up for the All Star Game MVP trophy. Yeah, and speaking of the All-Star Game trophy, Kathy tried to play a little jokey joke and tried to present Kelsey Plum with a a new All-Star trophy, and it was a mini version of the one that she gave her at the All-Star Game. (laughs) So, shouts out to uh, Kathy for having a nice little petty bone in her body. Sense of humor. humor out of there, yeah. Uh, Because fans were definitely not happy with her after some of those comments at All-Star anyway, so it definitely helps to, uh, you know, lighten the mood there uh with with something like that from kathy but uh yeah that is uh it's all from me on this w stuff bj i think it's time for some with it or quit indeed it is drew and we got ourselves five questions to ask my man drew over there because he's gonna wrap up season two by being on the receiving end of these hot takes or questions or Whatever it may be each time, we'll we'll find out as we get going along. Drew, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. All right, number number one. So we talked about some exercises. You and I have both tried to lose some some pounds and and everything like that here over the summer. And the question now is bike riding is a better way of exercising than going for a walk or a run with it or quit. Uh, the correct answer is depends on your level of physical fitness. Um, yeah. But I would probably say yes. I'm probably going to go with it. You know, bike riding, you know, 
you know, okay. you feel like you can get a lot more done riding a bike. Probably I feel like you're going faster. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm going to rock. With, I'm going to rock with that. But uh, walking, walking and running, you know, does you good. Um, you know, you can uh, work your work your abs. You're probably not going to work your abs at all. Probably while you're doing the bike. But um, I'm going I'm to go with the bike. Probably. All right. I'm with I, I need to get I need to get me a bike because uh, I, I think oh, it'll make it a lot easier. Man, it, uh, dude, I tell you, I mean, I walked two or three times while I was on vacation. I walked over 20,000 steps and like my feet, I just they were screaming. Like I, okay. I walked a lot before we left, but I still easier on my feet just to do the amount of exercise it would need to on a bike as opposed to you know, going for a walk or a run. Well, you can definitely switch it up and at least do it every now and then. Yeah. Get off your feet. Very true. All right, Drew, number two. So this one I'm hoping not to to have uh, to say, but after some recent uh, troubles, we talked about the Texas Rangers are they going to end up trading Martin Perez before Monday's trade deadline? Are you with it? Or are you going to quit it that they will? I'm going to say no. They were probably, okay. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. I'm going to say quit it though. I'll just say quit it. I don't have reasons. They, they, no. They've talked about a, They've talked about a long-term extension that hasn't come to fruition yet. And so if they can still talk about an extension and, you know, maybe get some more capital for him going forward, I don't know if, if there's somebody that wants to, you know, to give them something, could they potentially swing it or they could have their cake and eat it too. I think they should at least be willing to listen to some offers. They're gonna not listen going for to listen for sure. Yeah. It's not going to be this year but they can certainly bring him back and, and have him going forward. Right. Definitely. Definitely possible. All right, Drew. Number three. So we talked about it earlier. Better call Saul in its last season. The last three episodes uh. are, is better call Saul going to fake us all out and not show Walt and Jesse with it or quit it that they will. That they will fake us out? Yes. No, they're not gonna fake us out. Quit it. Sure. They're gonna hand this they're gonna give us Walt and Jesse for sure. They wouldn't they they wouldn't pre tease it before the episode not to give it to us. I I mean that's why I say it's a fake out. I could very nah. easily see it being a fake out. It could, but I'm gonna say nah. Okay. Alright. I just I just wonder what more of their Walt and Jesse story they could tell reasonably in, in Better Call Saul. And so that's kind of my question as to why they would bring them back. Well, maybe there's a deleted scene that they didn't put in Breaking Bad specifically to show us in Better Call Saul. So Perhaps. that's what I'm hoping for here. Maybe, maybe. Heck, even if it did happen, it's something we've seen before. I probably won't remember it because it's been so long since I watched Breaking yeah, Bad. Yeah, that's, that's very true. All right, Drew, I'm going to shift gears with number four. So, Am Commerce Line football about to join the Southland Conference. They are projected at uh, third to last. They were projected to finish sixth in the nine-team uh, conference, I believe, or maybe a six out of eight. I can't remember. 
It was one of those two. But question for you, Drew. Lion football will win at least four conference games in their inaugural Southland Conference season. With it or quit it? Mm. Really all depends on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Is it um, Nicholas coming back, I think? I mean, he didn't do great last year. Well, he was hurt um, for the majority of the year. I know, but still he didn't do great when he came back. And now they have a lesser defense, so more on his shoulders. Yeah. I'm going to say quit it. I hope I'm wrong, mm-hmm. though. I'll be Jay. I hope, hope, hope you're wrong, too. hope you're wrong, yeah. too. I like <laughs> how you're pulling, pulling a me. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> All right, Drew. Number five, last but not least, with no more guaranteed money on his contract after the end of the 2022 season, Dallas Cowboys will say so long to Ezekiel Elliott, and they will not bring him back for 2023. With it or quit it? Oh, man, I'm with it. Unless Zeke just goes stupid. This year, mm-hmm. I think he's. I think he's probably done either way, though. But I think he's yeah. done as a cowboy just because they've seen the value in Pollard when Zeke was hurt and playing hurt. So I think he's done. So Zeke's done. With it. All right. Well, Dang hope you're it. wrong, but that's why they've got Tony Pollard. Hopefully, they yeah. can figure out something for beyond this coming year. But that's with it or quit it. That's all I got for this episode, Drew. Yes, sir. And that's going to be it for the episode. I want to remind you guys to shop with us on Fanatics. We are partnered with Fanatics. Commissioner's Cup just finished up this week. You can get your Chicago Sky merch. I don't know if they've come out with championship merch yet, but they did last year. So be on the lookout for it. You Skytown fans out there, get that championship. Yeah, I was. I mean, they won't post for commissioner's cup stuff but yeah. you can still get aces gear you can get all your favorite WNBA players your stars get that gear and collectibles with fanatics if you mm-hmm. shop at the lowdown link in the description and in our link tree on our social bios speaking of social media make sure you follow us on socials as well we just got a new social we haven't posted yet but we'll be on it pretty soon and that is the lowdown is now on tiktok Lowdown coming to wow. TikTok, trying to expand out here, get some TikToks out there, put some put some lowdown content out there for you guys. It's the same at as everything else. Everything, everywhere you can find us is the underscore lowdown. That's T-H-A underscore lowdown on all of those platforms, the Twitter, the Instagram, over on Twitch, over on YouTube, and now on TikTok. I do want to mention before we close out today, if you made it this far in the episode, congratulations. You're awesome. We love you, and you're one of our favorites. Uh, we have a sale going on with Public, 35% off the entire store. So everything, the lowdown is thirty-five up to 35% off through Sunday. So whether you're catching this live or whether you're catching it on Friday, even Saturday, or first thing Sunday morning, You've got through Sunday to get that discounted lowdown merch. So make sure yeah. you get over there, get it, and uh, be be suited up. I got some stuff coming in. BJ showing off his pillow. So make sure you guys get comfy, get get you some merch as well. That is repping the lowdown. 
as well. Heck so yeah. appreciate everybody uh, staying with us this long. Uh, shouts out to us uh, for making it this many episodes. And guys, we're coming to the close of the season. One more. One more episode. One more episode coming up. Episode fifty in season two. We're gonna take a look back at some of the some of our favorite memories in season two, and we'll we'll still talk a little bit of sports before we head out uh, for the season. But we definitely want to look back at some of our favorite memories on the lowdown in season two. So, a uh, a very reminiscent episode coming up uh, to finish out the season, and we'll be back a couple weeks later with a season three. But we're gonna take a little mini podcast vacay and come on back with some new material we'll we'll get some stuff out there for you guys to keep you guys interested and uh we'll be uh we'll be ready to go we'll be ready to go yes, when sir. Yes, rolls sir. Around. We'll, be, we'll be ready next week too all right uh, that's gonna be it for today's episode ladies and gentlemen we'll catch you next week for another episode of the lowdown peace peace chicken grease